Happier Work, Happier Life, episode 27. Thomas Wong here from Happier with Ben Chan from Sunroom Guy Properties, head of talent development. Today we discussed his amazing career journey from banking into HR, the company culture at his company, tips and advice for job seekers, and future trends of talent development, including some great books to read. So if you're interested, tune in for this podcast. All right. Thank you so much for your time today, Ben. Thank you. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you for having me. We're super excited to have you. Can we start with a maybe quick intro about yourself? Sure. Okay. My name is Ben. I am the head of talent development of Salonkai Properties. So maybe just a quick introduction about my work history. So I started my career uh, with HSBC being the management trainee in corporate commercial banking. Then after about 10 years of work, I spent a year in France to do my MBA at INSEAD. And as, in fact, I'm still serving the Alumni Association of uh, INSEAD in Hong Kong. So I, at that time, so I got offers from two leading management consultancy, uh, but I went back to HSBC. You know, uh, the boss was very kind to me. And only after five years, I joined a firm by name of Egon Sander, which is one of the big five executive search firms in the world. So it was, uh, it, its headquarters is in Zurich, specializing in very senior, ultra senior C-suite uh, type of uh, searches. Um, they only hire people from the industry, not from uh, any search firm. And many of the colleagues were actually from um, management consultancy as well. So about four years ago, I joined uh, this company. Um, and now my, my job covers many senior hires, high potential people uh, development and graduate uh, recruitment with uh, two focuses. One is more on the non-property portfolio businesses and the other is on the new capabilities like digital, et cetera. Wow, it sounds like you have an amazing journey getting to where you are today. Mm. I'm sure a lot of the listeners and myself are quite interested. How did you go from 10, 15 years of banking into HR? Oh, okay, an interesting question indeed. Um, well, f- first of all, uh, it's not the first time I change industry or change field. Um, in fact, um, to give you uh, another your fun fact, I actually uh, graduate with a computer science degree. So my, my first uh, job is actually a change of field anyway. And second is um, that I realize banking and uh, headhunting or human capitals are fundamentally very similar. You, you see, the two jobs are basically, you know, all about meeting people and both are providing capitals. Banking is about financial capital and um, headhunting or you call it HR, is providing human capitals. And I would even argue that human capital, if done right, actually gives a higher return on uh, investment. And this job is actually even more exciting, or I would say more complicated. So that's why I, I'm loving it. So to, to answer your question, I would say that they sound uh, different, but they are fundamentally similar. So do you have advice for those who maybe want to switch careers is it difficult to do? What are some things you have to think about before you switch industries? Well, for, for me, my, I, I was uh, a little bit uh, fortunate uh, to have the opportunities with uh, Egon Sander. But there's actually, uh, in general, an approach that I would advise to you know, all people. If you want to switch your uh, career or industry, try what I call the parallel approach. As in, you, know, you continue to do whatever you, you're good at, and don't don't think about oh switching you know overnight. There's n- you know n- no such a thing. You start um, the the other passion in parallel as 
perhaps you know on your part-time basis, spend some time preparing yourself, uh, talk to people, take some uh, classes if you like. Then you know at some point switch over. That is usually a better approach if you want to like, change your career. And then you mentioned what you studied and what you were doing is completely different. Um, that might be some comfort to some of the graduating class who are joining roles that have nothing to do with their degrees. Do you think, or do you have any advice for those who maybe study computer science but want to join another industry after graduating? I I would say uh, maybe the two three tips uh, or observation I have. Number one is that you know whatever you study in uh, your college, that's only like three to four years of your like lifetime, whereas you have. Nowadays, 20, 30 years of your career. So three, four years is relatively short. You can still reinvent yourself. Second is um, that um, think about what really your passion is. I know many uh, students uh, choose their subjects because they, because of like certain you know, interests or some passion. But if you are thinking about your career, that may be other factors that, uh, that guide you to uh, choose uh, certain jobs. So like I would say in general, think about or reflect on your, your life. Think about what you really like about um, the, the future job. And this is actually okay to, to change a certain uh, field, especially when you're still young. It's completely okay to, to choose a, a new uh, industry. And as an HR person, when you're looking at these CVs of someone from computer science applying for marketing or banking, what... What's the normal thought process and how should someone show, hey, maybe I don't have the degree or qualifications, but I want to get into this and I'll excel? How can they demonstrate that they have the capability? Well, I, this, this is a very interesting question. Let's say you know, a computer science person switching to marketing. Of course, you know, it can't be just a, a random thought as in, oh, yeah, you know, well, I like uh, marketing and therefore I apply. This is, this, uh, is not strong enough, but I, I'm... Let me give you one example. So let's say this is the computer science person who say, oh, I'm really interested in marketing. And I have done, you know, like these two, three things um, to enhance my knowledge. And I have like spoken with like, some people. I have like done some, you know, internship. And that would be a stronger, I would say a stronger story to tell. Uh, in general, I would, I would say that there are also sometimes the soft skills that are in common. Let's say computer science and marketing. In fact, there are some things that are in common. Let's say, you know, if you talk about the data analysis, these are also the things that, um, that are complementary or mutual skills that you can adopt to the new job. So I would say that it is not a question of whether the person can apply uh, to the new job, but whether the person can have like, thought about the switching to a new career. So it's really demonstrating the skills they learn, how it can be applied to the new job or industry. That's one thing. The other is really whether that process is a well thought through process. Okay. And how do you know if it's a well thought through process or it's just something of a whim? Oh, um, well, you, you asked me, like for me, if you, of me, um, you know, who have like interviewed 2,000, 3,000 people, that is not uh, that hard, but you're joking aside. I guess... You know, if you ask a person uh, and, and follow on certain question, if you ask the person deep enough, then there will be some hint about whether the person has really thought through about you know, the, the real passion for the new job or new career. Mm. Wow, two, three thousand interviews. It's amazing. Well, over, for the many years, right, of course. So jumping to where you are now, 
What is the company culture like? Okay, right. Sure. Um, well, for the company cultures, uh, one can uh, obviously go to our public website and you can see our values. And uh, obviously, I, I will be proud to, to repeat, you know, like first is like the speed, qualities and efficiency, continuous learning, teamwork and customer focus. What you may also want to hear is, you know, beyond this, um, you know, the, the public domain knowledge, right? I can share with you for the last four years what perhaps, you know, you call it what surprises me or what, what is like, uh, most uh, impressive to me, you know, based on my personal experience in the company culture. I would say number one is, um, at least for the department or the, the people around me, um, it is really very much fact-based. Um, in uh, our decision-making, in uh, all the uh, discussion, the business discussion, we are very uh, fact-based. We uh, Even if you are in the industry or with the company for, let's say, 10, 20 years, you will be asked about, you know, why are you making such proposal or decisions or conclusion? Show us the, the facts and the figures. So this, is, I think, is amazing. Um, second is, we are very much customer-focused. And I, I know many companies now talk about, you know, being you know, like customer-focused, but uh, the way that I have observed about the customer focus is, again, in whatever we propose, um, the big bosses would typically ask, hey, have you asked the customers? Have you spoken with the customers first-handed? You're not, not just about, you know, like doing desktop research. Have you spoken with the customers to understand their need or is the, what you propose uh, making sense to the customers and what, what are their feedback? So we very, very much about the customer feedback as well. So these are the two things that I, I feel really uh, impressive. And then when you're looking for people, to join the team or people are looking for jobs and evaluating whether or not it's a good fit and if they'll excel, what sort of things do you look for and what sort of qualities do you think would make suitable candidates? Okay. Well, again, I would be very happy to answer that. Um, I can answer that from two perspectives. One is the, the very you know, theoretical or, or based on my past experience uh, with um, you know, the search firm, et cetera. The other is somewhat more like company specific, but let me kind of mix the two contexts together, you know, that give you the, the general context. Uh, first of all, if you ask about uh, what I look for, there are again some generic competency models, which I have like, seen, you know, like with uh, I think five, 10 different qualities. If I may um, make a the very simple model, I would say I look for IQ and EQ, you know, it's just for anyone to to uh, easily remember, the IQ is really about uh, really about the intellectual uh, capabilities, uh, but it's not just about being intelligent, but about you know whether the person has the passion to know more about new things, curiosities, etc. So to ask a smart question, that type of like IQ, EQ is personal qualities, um, whether the person is resilient whether the person can get along with other people. And I, I would say that if you can have a person good on both IQ and EQ, you probably can hire, in most cases, the, the very good people. But to be more specific, I have also reflect on what are some of the languages that we have been uh, using uh, more often in, in this department or in, in, uh, in um, those uh, contexts or the, the situation I, I encounter more. Usually, I have heard um, the managers here look for curiosities and insights. Really, you know, uh, especially for young um, talents, it's about whether the person is uh, able or has the passion to ask questions. 
interest to know new stuff. Insight is, uh, uh, let's say we present some random data or uh, given any context, the person can pick up something that is um, new and useful, uh, some knowledge that, okay, we haven't uh, thought about. And in fact, we have like successful examples, even some of our interns who have been with us for just eight weeks, they will be able to do some projects who can generate some insight that uh, even uh, our big bosses will say, oh, I have not heard about that. That is very useful. So these are examples. And uh, to be even more academic um, or more robust in, in um, what I look for, uh, for young people, it is all about potential. And potential, um, there, there are standard models. And obviously, I use uh, I still use my uh, the model that uh, Egon Sander um, is using, uh, which is uh, which has like four factors: uh, curiosity, insight, engagement, and determination. You for more details, obviously, you can you know, Google and then find more details about those like four uh, aspects of potential. I guess that's a perk of trying out different industries: is you take the best practices and apply it to new ones. Correct. That's right. So you mentioned young people um, looking for jobs, interns, fresh grads. Can you share on the interview process for maybe management trainees? Sure. Well, the, um, again, this is like um, uh, on uh, on our website, but uh, I can uh, I'll be happy to to um, repeat again. Of 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 course, the person needs to apply. Then uh, the first round would be an aptitude test together with the first screening by um, by the human resources. Then that would be an assessment center. Um, uh, some typically some group discussion, you know, um, case studies, and there will be final interviews with um, what you call the host departments. Um, you probably want to ask about the tips. Yes, uh, for exactly. The, yeah, for, <laughs> for the um, graduates. Um, based on you know the past few years of you know uh, of like interacting with the uh, the candidates, I I uh, two pieces of of advices. You know, one is uh, for the case analysis if there's a candidate who needs to do a, a case analysis given you know sometimes the a business case or some materials and you need to analyze um, do uh, analyze based on the facts and figures given on the case materials I, I give you one, one example so I have seen sometimes um, the candidates would prepare some what I call standard solution to all things let's say oh this is a, a business case oh the solution is like let's do digital marketing and I, I bet you digital marketing can be a solution to almost all situations. But okay, hang on. Okay, um, it, it, it's not a bad idea, but where do you have this idea? So what, what, based on what facts would you suggest uh, digital marketing? So this is where I, I want to allude to, you know, like um, uh, conclude or analyze based on the facts and figures uh, given uh, uh, on the case. And second is uh, on uh, on uh, that there's you, there are usually some uh, group discussion, and I'm saying this um, not just for our own you know company interviews, but in many other you know companies uh, and assessment there will be sometimes group discussion. Remember to have your own uh, points instead of like in a group of uh, other candidates. Just uh, agree on uh, hey, I agree on uh, Thomas' points about this and this and that, and I I agree on. Um, a and B and C and do a little bit uh, summarize and that's probably I would say good but probably not good enough uh, add on uh, some of your own ideas it is also okay to disagree with other people but with obviously with your uh, argument etc 
Awesome. I think it's really great tips and advice. So I was looking at your LinkedIn and I saw you oversee millennial talents, digital talents, and a few others. Mm. Can you share what exactly it means mm. by those sort of terms? Okay. Yeah. Well, millennial talents, um, well, it's a very generic terms, but uh, let, let me give you a more, uh, my, my own definition. This probably because of my finance background. I, I sometimes see rightly or wrongly that um, talent acquisition or talent assessment is somewhat similar to like uh, picking stocks. And, and millennial talents for me is about probably like, you know, picking up, you know, startups or picking up the unicorn. So I sometimes share with my colleagues that the reason why I personally like to spend so much time um, uh, in uh, the graduate recruitment is precisely I am looking for the next unicorns. Because if I can pick, you know, a very good, uh, you know, graduate talents or millennial talents, that person probably can give, um, you know, the highest uh, return uh, to the companies. And that is uh, my definition of like millennial talents. So that, that's one. Um, digital talents. Uh, I know many companies have, uh, again, you know, their new digital teams, et cetera. Uh, again, I'm, I kind of combine our own companies and maybe like some other companies I have like spoken with. Usually the digital talents uh, would include uh, number one data, um, data scientists, data engineers. Second is, uh, is uh, digital products, uh, launching some digital initiatives or like uh, project manage the rollout of certain products uh, and even manage the digital products. The third is the digital marketing. Um, the fourth is that increasingly I have seen uh, companies uh, looking for people who can understand new technologies and how to adopt those new technologies uh, to the company. So these are usually the, the buckets of digital talents I have seen. And when you're looking to hire between these different buckets and talents, is the criteria similar across the different talents or are there specific um, things you're looking for, say, for millennial talents versus for digital talents? Um, well, for the millennial talents, um, well, the, the, the simplest model, I, I use my stock pick um, uh, analogies, right? Um, for stock pick, you can have, like, broadly speaking, two types. One is, like, the blue chip uh, stocks. The other is, like, the, the what you call the startup, right? If you pick blue chips, uh, the blue chips would probably be uh, those who are already very senior. So I would be looking for, you know, like um, a track record or like consistent return. Whereas for the young mineral talents, I would look for really potential. And personally, I, 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 I shared my advice to, you know, like friends or like uh, even my, my peers. As in for um, mineral talents or young talents, I would, I would really look at uh, what is the upside. The person can have some time, some downside, so to speak. Let's say some the areas uh, to be developed, and for me that is perfectly okay. If you ask me, like whether uh, a person A with like high potential and also some areas for development versus B with not not a lot of like um, areas for development, but also not a lot of like uh, potential to develop, develop, I rather choose the former. So that is like about the millennial talents. About the digital talents, I would say obviously for some uh, of these uh, roles. Uh, those require specific uh, knowledge, let's say data scientists or data engineers. There are some more specific technical skills, but 
if uh, I, I, I guess one piece of advice uh, to the digital talents, right? Yeah, uh, especially for data. I guess one piece of advice is um, at least for us, right? At least for me. Um, I assess the data talents, not just about the technical capabilities, but whether the person can link the data to the business context. In fact, the ability to ask questions, to ask business questions, is even more powerful than solving business questions. Again, I repeat, okay. <laughs> if there's a, a data scientist who can solve business questions, good. If, the, if there are data talents who can ask smart business question, that would be even stronger. So <clears throat> because we mentioned previously how you don't necessarily have to have a data science degree, as long as they show track record, they've taken courses and demonstrate their passion, you're open to uh, discussing further with them to join the team. Uh, I would say, um, well, it depends on the type of uh, roles, right? There are some jobs that we require more immediate uh, contribution to, to uh, of skills, then obviously I would uh, look for more immediate uh, uh, um, skills or experiences. But there are sometimes lesser demand for trainees um, that, uh, that these are um, good talents that we are prepared to uh, for them to learn a little bit, then that's, that would be okay. That depends also on the context or the, the job that we are looking for, the roles that we are looking for. There's some roles that we... Uh, uh, we 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 mean for the person to to have like more learning time, whereas some of the roles require more immediate, uh, uh, I would say output. So that would be a slightly different. So it definitely depends on the different roles. Correct. Mm -hmm. Um. So I want to jump into sort of more general roles, especially for uh, fresh grads, young um, talent, maybe a couple of years in the workforce. Can you give advice or tips on? how to look for the right job, joining the right job, and maybe advice on the application process in general? Mm. This um, is, 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 a, is a big question. And uh, in terms of uh, the advice on uh, job searches, um, well, it, it can be a long list of you know, all the things that you know, the, a person can do. But uh, again, given the context of um, a few things. Number one is uh, I, I still mentor you know, um, you know, uh, university students, and I also uh, often spoke with um, um, you know like uh, people who are looking for jobs. And uh, my observation, especially in Hong Kong, is number one that uh, for job searches you need to understand more about the job markets. So one example is that sometimes I see um, let's say the graduates in Hong Kong, they they sometimes rely very much on. Um, one good source, which is like, let's say, the career center in the campus, well, which, which is good. You know, that, that summarizes a lot of the jobs in the market, um, which is good. But I would sometimes uh, suggest uh, the graduates or the students not just rely on this single source, open up a little bit on the jobs or companies that are not uh, posting the jobs on campus. Uh, I usually will start, let's say this is a graduate, I usually start with a question. Hey, um, let's say, Thomas. Okay, uh, tell me, you know, which industry that you are looking for, and tell me, do you know which are the two or three best in class companies in that industry? Then that first question already forced the person to really think about. Second is, um, okay, now that you know these are the two you know, best companies, um, tell me more about research on these two companies. Oh, then then you spend some time doing the research. Then finally. Um, can you try to reach out to two person in those uh, companies 
and you can you talk to them. Now that's the last part is it seems harder. But nowadays with whatever LinkedIn, whatever, you know, given this, you know, the, the, the famous six degrees of separation, it's sometimes not very hard for you if you do do it right to reach out to the person in that company to talk to. And that can be a person who is working in that company or who has who previously worked for the company or at least who knows about the companies. And that doesn't have to be like a, the big CEO. It can be like your, I don't know, your alumni or your, your classmate who have worked there. Talk to those people. So it's this, I would say, um, this is uh, the, the advice that I have given to you know, the, the university students as a different approach in the job, uh, job search, as in be more proactive and, uh, and, and control and command your, your own destiny and uh, with uh, more about the information uh, searching, information gathering, and knowing about the, the industry. I mean, I think that's how we connect is just randomly messaging on LinkedIn. So it definitely works. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I think that's great. And what about the, after you get past the application process and you get the first interview, how does one really demonstrate their qualities and that they're the right person for the job? Okay, right. Um, some, sometimes like people ask me about how to, you know, prepare for the interviews. Um, I guess, you know, <laughs> Depends on whether you are, let's say, you if if you talk about the, the um, let's say, the university students, it depends on whether you are in year one or year four. If you are, if you have like, if your interview is like tomorrow, then there's only very limited things you can do. Versus if you have like uh, four years <laughs> in uh, the university, then you can still prepare a lot of things, right? Let's say in general um, about how to prepare the interviews, I would say that. Probably there's only one skills I, I, I would suggest uh, people to, 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 to pick up, which is about the storytelling. And the storytelling can be as simple as you know, um, the, the standard approach of, like, the, let's say, the car approach, the, the challenge, action, and results. Um, sometimes I see that um, some good candidates with very good examples, uh, they have not been able to articulate well in the sense that either they haven't uh, explained the context or they haven't explained uh, the action on in terms of what they have done or the result. So uh, the CAR is a simple approach that that's probably the only thing that I, I would suggest, you know, like, uh, the, the, uh, the interviewee is to prepare. But I guess um, um, the, to make it, um, you know, like uh, more, uh, um, I would say like, Provocative. Um, interview is about the two persons, so I I, I suggest um, um, all interviewees to be more curious in uh, in both ways. Number one is to be more curious about the companies and about the interviewer. If you come in with that curiosities, first of all, before the interview, you would probably think, "Oh yeah, let me do the research on on the companies." Or if you know the person or the interviewer, you probably would like. You know, like know a little bit about who the person is. Um, I, I, I was uh, impressed by uh, one um, candidate asking me my interest in bridge, which is I, I really, uh, I seldom talk about it, but that's my high school um, interest, and I don't know why he knows about that. But I was impressed. Uh, that just to give you one example. So the curiosity about the interviewer and also the companies. Again, I know that interviewees, you know, like the students, are often in a rush. If you cannot have time to do other things, prepare two, three questions, smart question. But I think the third dimension is really about the curiosity about yourself. 
I think this is one thing that uh, sometimes um, the interviewees for, forget. They are just preparing for the uh, question by the interviewers. But hang on, I, I think interview by definition is like inter means like two person. I sometimes feel that the interviewees lack the curiosities about themselves. So I would ask, okay, so tell me more about yourself. Not just I'm not just asking about your work experiences, etc. But who are you? What do you like? This type of questions. Uh, have you do, you do you know about yourself? I would also suggest uh, interviewees can develop the curiosities in themselves. Sometimes I, I think a lot of people prepare for these interviews with all these technical questions, what are your strengths and weaknesses, et cetera, mm-hmm. that they get sort of, they struggle a bit with the ones about their personal stuff, like what are your interests and hobby? What, how can they better prepare? Um, I guess they should be honest about what they're interested in. Like how, how can, in an interview, how can they come to the interview and not be surprised by these questions about their personal self? Mm. Like first of all, if it depends on what do you mean by you know like the the preparation. If you come in uh, to the interview with the expectation that oh yeah, the interviewers may only ask that these ten questions, and I have to prepare all the ten questions, you know like, and you give the standard answer, then okay fine, but you know be prepared that there are questions that uh, that you that's beyond your imagination. Right, so I think that's number one. It's almost like playing chess. You can prepare maybe the f- first uh, three um, moves, and that's it. But so uh, later on, you need to kind of improvise a little bit. So that's uh, number one. Number two is a um, being uh, you, you call it being honest to yourself or uh, with the deep understanding of yourself. I think it comes with uh, what I call maturities. And second is also a habit. Uh, I often encourage you, know, uh, you call it young people or like uh, students. To like talk to your friends. Think about the interview is as like a conversation, uh, but that happens to be like not your friend, but you know another person. I usually ask the question uh, to the to the students: How often do you talk about yourselves with your friends? If you just talk to your friends with the superficial things, then it's not a deep understanding of yourself. But if you have like you like if you have like uh, true friends to talk about your feelings, your likes and dislikes then sometimes these interviews may come more natural in the sense that you can talk about yourself in a deeper context. So I guess it's practicing being vulnerable, being open to people in general. Precisely, precisely. Okay, and then um, you mentioned as well the importance of storytelling and being curious. How can people sort of develop their storytelling skills and their curiosity? Oh, very good question. Um, Storytelling, well... I guess um, my advice is start with the very simple uh, structures and follow follow through. Let's say the CAR is a very simple uh, structure. CAR in in almost in whatever context, let's say in a business presentation or even in your school presentation, use this like CAR as your know, uh, uh, approach and you practice and you will get uh, better. Curiosity is also something I argue it's something that you can learn or you can at least you can develop. You can force yourself to ask questions. I also, you know, maybe I can share with you a little um, personal story about my, my study at INSEAD. You know, I, you know, I, in, you know in, in the first week, I, I, I knew that you know, I, I would be in a very you know, a different cultures and 
that's that's France. And well, I would be thinking, oh, maybe my uh, my classmate probably at that time would have the feeling that oh, you 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 guys from Asia would probably be more quiet. So I have been very conscious about hey Ben, I, you should you know, ask question in almost all classes. So in each class, I kind of prepare a question, and I force myself to at least ask one question in each class. And after you know two weeks or so. All classmates would expect, hey, Ben would ask a question. And, and I, I get more comfortable in asking questions. And by asking more questions as a behavior, I develop the sense of being more curious about knowing other person or other things. So again, this is a um, behavior that anyone can develop. Okay, and what about storytelling? The storytelling is, uh, as I mentioned, is um, again... Um, Use a simple model, repeat and repeat. As I mentioned, the, the CAR model, like the challenge, action, and result. Um, you use that model and practice with your friends, and also practice with uh, the 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 um the good thing about practicing with your friends is sometimes you don't know what context the other people don't know, uh, because if as you talk about your let's say your intern experience. You know, sometimes your exchange studies experiences. Sometimes you assume that the other person understands certain context. Whereas if the other person does not know, then you probably should uh, lay down, you know, like upfront that, okay, uh, the, uh, oh, um, this is an exchange uh, studies. I, I went to, let's say, Copenhagen Business School. It is like part of my um, studies as a global business, uh, uh, as a global business student in certain university. If you give certain context, that makes the person, it makes it easier for the person to understand. Sometimes I, I feel that the interviewer does not understand the story because in the first place, the interviewer does not know about the context. I think that's great advice. So I guess my final questions are sort of where do you see the trend going in terms of talent development, talent in general, and any any sort of sharing on books to read to prepare for the future? Well, sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, the, the talent trends, um, let me share like two aspects. Number one is uh, what I have observed. Um, I have observed in the young people, especially two words that are emerging. And th th this is no surprise to you you guys, right? Um, they often talk about purpose. They often talk about innovation. But, but I want to give you more context. Um, I have seen more students talk about, hey, uh, I want to look for a job that can um, fulfill my purpose. Their purpose is usually like, uh, um, uh, you know, like doing good for the societies. And sometimes they almost immediately conclude that they should go for uh, like an NGO or a job <clears throat> that is in this uh, public sectors. So that's my observation, number one. Number two is uh, innovation. They usually will say, oh, yeah, I want a job that can, you know, give me the freedom uh, to think. And almost they immediately would think of, oh, I would, in this case, go for, let's say, a startup. Like if you if you follow my 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 arguments, okay, that is like nothing, nothing's wrong with that. But I would propose a different approach um, to this uh, to the purpose and the innovation first. Purpose increasingly, um, business is not just about you know like making money for the shareholders. Business is is about making the world a better place. Um, and I at least I want um, uh, 
the talent uh, here to do well in the job. And by doing well in the job, it's actually creating values for um, customers, shareholders, and other stakeholders. In fact, if you go to um, most business schools, at least you know, for INSEAD, you know, like where I graduate, INSEAD is talking about business as a force for good. So I would say that even the mainstream business is about business as a force for good. So it's um, so being or well, doing good for the society doesn't mean that you need to go to the um, certain sectors, but mainstream business can can serve the purpose. About the innovation or the freedom to um, to think, etc. I I share with you one example. So like at one time, a candidate asked me, "Hey, uh, Ben, okay, um, can I?" have the freedom to propose anything in this company. And I thought for a while and I said, of course you can, if you are given also the full accountabilities. So my, my point here is that, um, it, of course you can, you, you, you can propose anything, you, can, you should. But before you um, like think about certain ideas and launch, make sure you also gauge the customer interest and understand what customer wants and customer need. If you propose the the most innovative ideas with no demand in the market, then it doesn't work. And I would say no one, no, no big corporate, no startup would go for that ideas. However, you, if you have a good idea, talk to some colleagues to understand about the customers, then probably that can refine your ideas. And I, I'm sure that all big companies or like all small companies, right? All companies would welcome employees to suggest good ideas. So why not? So about the purpose and innovation, my, my suggestion is that there's an alternative approach, which is to start your job with learning some basic skills. And the basic skills is about your know, problem solving. If you get the problem solving skills right, that is a skills that, that, is, uh, that helps you to set for life, that can help you to solve bigger problems. So that's my, kind of like my, my first aspect. The second aspect about the, 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 the trends for talent, I recently I've been reading some books and I think these three books are, are some of the key ideas summarize my uh, vision for the talent in the futures. I think the first book is uh, Mindset by uh, Carol Dreck. Uh, it's about the, the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset. So one, 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 one takeaway I have is, I have seen sometimes the graduates would think that, hey, I have done A and B and C, and therefore I can get a job in investment bank, for example. I would say that this like cookie cutter approach uh, for the CV, doesn't work, and don't don't think about hey, I I I I if I have done you know like these three things in my universities, I'm almost guaranteed a certain job. This doesn't work. Um, the world becomes you know like um, more dynamics, and the learn and, and the growth mindset means that you you need to keep learning. So that's I think number one. Number two is uh, another very interesting book, uh, uh, the No Rules Rules uh, by uh, the NCF professor Erin Meyer, um, and also of course I read the uh, Hastings. It talks about you know like um, um the, the the future talent mainly for the innovation, um, not just about you know like um, error prevention. And I was uh, intrigued by one point that um, the in the future or actually now more talents are attracted by working with good people or talented people, and also the job design, not just about you know like having you know like very like fancy. Uh, foot corners or bars. So all those are good. Okay, but you know, <laughs> the talented people are really attracted by other talented people on the team. So that's the uh, number two. Number three is um, another book I like. Think again by Adam Grant. 
Um, I think our way is to take the science approach to solving business problems. And uh, the best talent understand that she or he may not have all the answers to all questions. And one should have the humility to, to learn more and to accept the fact that I may be wrong. And this is, I think, the, the best way for, uh, to think about talent uh, in the future. Awesome. I think you shared a lot of great tips and advice today. So I really appreciate it, Ben. Thank you so much. Thank you.